that is something that I think is one thing that really helped me, which was learning and building simultaneously. It is something that people should put in, have in mind. If you are learning, you should also be building because if you are going to spend a year learning, the world will not wait for you after that one year to start building your portfolio. That is adding more time to your professional timeline. So it is learning and building. That principle really helped me grow. Hello everyone, my name is Idris Ainde. I'm a visual designer, content creator, and the host of The Innovate Show. The Innovate Show is a podcast designed to help young people break into tech, marketing, and product development. The short clip you just heard is a snippet of my interview with my guest on this episode. Babatunde Patai is an extended reality specialist and developer who works at PwC Nigeria. On this episode, we talked about what virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality is, and what is required for anyone to break into the space. We also used the opportunity to talk about his undergraduate days and how he was able to build experience and gain the attention of many international companies. With no further introduction, let's jump straight into the conversation. Okay, um, so to begin, for those who don't know you, who you are, can you please kindly introduce yourself, your background, your name, and what you're currently into? Yeah, hi, Idris. Um, my name is Babatunde, Babatunde Fatai. Um, I'm an XR um, specialist, and XR being extended reality um, specialist, currently working at the Experience Center, uh, PwC Nigeria Experience Center. Uh, I, uh, it, to really define what I do, I would say um, deeply into um, XR and impacts in humanity. And when I say XR, I mean that uh, the combination of virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality. Uh, yeah, I hope to talk more on this technology as you move on. So I think this. Okay, that's actually fantastic and really exciting. That's why I had to have you on the show because yeah. <laughs> virtual reality, I believe it's changing the world, particularly this, during this COVID um, pandemic, that's been one of the like most yeah. used to in the world. And I saw like virtual reality yeah, yeah. explode. So I'm still going to come into the technology part. But yeah. before we go there, I would like you to share um, your experience from your undergraduate days to working with PwC as an extended as an as an extended reality developer. All right. Um, yeah. So it was not um, a free flow for me as an undergraduate. It was not something that um, I had in mind to go into. But um, like every other thing that plays out in life, it came and it was something that was exciting for me. So I decided to um, go into it. So um, the journey for me as an undergraduate, I really, I wouldn't call it struggle. I would say I really stumbled across a lot of technology, experimented with a lot of skills that I thought I would, I don't know, find joy or fun in, or that would, that would in a way be able to use to make positive impact in the world. And I guess when I actually came in contact with um, virtual reality actually in my 500 level that's when i thought wow okay i think i like this technology i think i like what this has to offer i think i like the skills and um, the two sets involved i think i like 
the way this might play out in the future. And I think that and that is was exactly how I went into um, virtual reality as an undergraduate. Virtual reality development and yeah, ended up as an extended reality specialist. That's quite amazing. So when you came in contact with this technology, how were you able to come in contact with it? Or was this something you made research about or someone introduced you into? Yeah, so yeah, like I said, uh, in school, it was about experimenting with different technologies and um, I guess I came to a phase where I was experimenting with um, 3D modeling. So yeah, started with the Autodex um, inventor, went also into different, um, what do they call them, different 3D um, engines. Until I came to Unity, where I saw, oh wow, this engine is not just about 3D modeling, it is also about simulating virtual environments. So yeah, um, coming across that, I think I came across it with, um, on a friend's laptop. So I saw what he was doing in a laboratory and I it sparked my, it piqued my interest. So I went to him and since then, <laughs> since then I think, I think for me, if when I find something interesting, I, I, I do not leave until until, I don't know, until that thing somehow changes something in me or I'm able to make an impact through that, applying that um, thing, at least if it sparks my interest. So coming in contact with virtual reality, it just was like one and two. Within, I think, four months, I was already of just delving into it and watching tutorials. I was already in a competition in school using... Oh. Um, that's Same fantastic. Technology. And I think it came <laughs> second just from experimenting with it. So yes, that journey brought me to PwC where I currently work in the, in the experience center. Wow. So just from watching tutorials and showing interest and you diving deep, you were able to like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing, one thing that I find interesting is to okay. really... Um, to to really, I don't know, pick up something, you have to be willing to teach others. So I think that was one thing that I learned fast and I learned right. So whatever I learned, I wanted to teach others. So organizing tutorials in school around um, the engines that were that we used to develop um, virtual reality games then really helped me build my knowledge fast. It really helped me solidify my experience in the field. Yeah. Well, I think that's well, well, I think that's quite amazing. Impacting others, like from our conversation for the past 10 minutes, impacting others has been one of the core things that you've just been centering around. I think that's quite fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think. So I, <laughs> I, so I, I, I want to, I, yeah, you can go on. All right. I, I, I want to say, I think that should be like the purpose for everybody. So okay. if, if I don't care whatever it is you are into, as long as it is towards making positive impact in the lives of others, you are just going to like fly very high. And I think those are the kinds of solutions that make sense in the world. Impact-driven solutions. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you. That, that, that's quite fantastic. So I want us to go into the technology. So I know you are speaking of extended reality. I understand that extended reality is a mixture of AR and VR. But since you are the expert here, I want to ask you, what is AR and VR? All right. So actually, extended reality is the mixture of virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality. So, so uh, there are three different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but but they, they, they go hand in hand. So I, 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 let me explore that into so first and foremost, if we start with virtual reality, which is like, I think the most popular of all of them. And when people hear virtual reality, they feel like, yes, an emerging technology. Yes, it is an emerging technology. And they feel like it is something that is so new, like, I don't know, maybe it came to be in 2000 or 2002. So it's a new technology. Well, in truth, virtual reality is the use of computer technology to create a simulated environment. So it is a technology that dates back. In fact, if you research virtual reality, the research into virtual reality dates back further than um, the modern computer itself. Like the research into virtual reality dates wow. further than the computer. So it grew with the modern computer technology. It is that far back. So I think I should just focus on what the technology is about. So yeah. like I said before, the use of computer technology to create a simulated environment. So virtual reality is basically creating a virtual environment that is different from these real environments that you are in. And you going into that virtual environment to, I don't know, effect change or behave as if you are in this real environment. So that's virtual reality for you. A totally different reality from the real one, a total different reality from this real one. So yeah, I think I should go into augmented reality then. Yeah. So augmented reality differs from virtual reality this way. Augmented reality is the interactive experience with real world. So it is basically interaction of virtual um, objects with real world objects. So for virtual reality, you are going totally into a 100% virtual environment for virtual reality. And you achieve this either through an headset or a multi-projected, or you will be in a multi-projected environment. But I guess um, the most popular means of entering a virtual reality environment is through an headset. So yeah, for augmented reality, you are not entering a virtual environment. You are okay. in this real environment, but you are there is an interaction between virtual uh, materials and real materials. So this is the way it works. Okay. So let me say you have a, let me use your mobile device as an example. If you have a virtual reality mobile software, you install it on your device. If your device uh, is AR core enabled, definitely you can play the game. So if you open it, I don't know if you are familiar with Pokemon Go. Yeah, I'm familiar with that Pokemon. Well, well, then you are familiar with augmented reality because that is the superposition of virtual objects in real life. So augmented reality, when you are looking through a lens or when you are looking through a phone, you are looking at your real environment, but you are placing virtual um, objects in that real environment. While virtual reality, you are going totally into a virtual environment. So I don't know if I made that distinction clear. I, I think it's very clear now. And I want to use like an example. I don't know if you've watched Ready Player One. Yeah. The, okay. 
yes. So for Ready Player One, are we going to say that as like an example of virtual reality? And then we using Pokemon Go, that app, that's like an example of AR. Okay, I, Ready Player One, I would say is virtual reality. Yes, that's what I, that was, that was, but but okay. there, there, is, there is a level of intensity to it that might exceed just defining it as virtual reality. And I guess we might get there sometime when I get to mixed reality also. Okay. So, so, uh, we, can, we can use, we can use that to explain example. reality. Yeah. So to give a realistic example, then I, I think, um, Pokemon Go can be an example for AR. And I don't know if you are familiar with IKEA app where you get to put furnitures, where you get to furnish your house through your phone. Like placing furnitures in your living room. Uh, no, no, actually. They're not family. But like well. the, the the only app that I'm very familiar with that deals with AR is like there's this software way that allows you to build like an interactive space. I don't know how to use it, but like an ID card or a business card. Like if yeah. you scan, if you use like an AR software to scan that business card, then you see yeah. like this thing appear. That, that, is the, that is the interesting part of the technology. It is blowing up. There are different tools yeah. that people who will be able to utilize to create. Yeah. In five minutes, if you really want to, you can create a virtual reality app as fast as possible or an augmented wow. reality app as fast as possible. As simple as wow. that. So, yeah. I think that I think I should go into mixed reality then. Mixed reality, yes, yes. Yes. So, now, mixed reality is the imagine of real world and virtual world. So I, the people usually um, would not be able to, it is usually hard in this industry to differentiate between augmented reality and mixed reality. But it is usual, it is simple if you know what you are looking for. So augmented reality is the placing of virtual um, objects in real life, right? But mixed reality, it involves real time coexistence of that virtual um, material with real life material. So I don't know how to put this in a simplified manner. So, okay. Maybe, uh, ready, maybe ready Player One can help. Okay, so Ready Player One, I would classify as virtual reality now completely. Because mixed reality has to do with you being both in a virtual environment and an augmented environment simultaneously not just in an augmented environment. So wow. not to make it complex, I think I would use an example, which is the HoloLens, the Microsoft HoloLens. Okay. So that is, that is the- Is it the VR headset? Yeah, so it is a mixed reality headset actually. So that is the most popular device for mixed reality currently, the HoloLens wow. Microsoft. Okay. So I, I used to see a lot. I used to see a lot of Microsoft push like they used to have mixed reality events where like group of extended reality developers come together. So is it through that lens you are like the that those type of technology or those type of platforms are being enabled? Yeah, yeah. So in events like that are meant to spark interest both in students and in developers because this technology, virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality, extended reality everything encapsulated is new and is imagined. So the best way for it to start making impact in the environment is for them to spread the knowledge as far as possible. So that is what those events are for, to engender um, 
knowledge sharing to, I don't know, inspire people to want to know more about the technology. That is what is pushing the industry forward currently. Oh. That's those kinds of events that tend to inspire um, people to want to explore more using virtual and augmented reality. Okay. So I think so, now I can yeah. differentiate between the three of them. <laughs> like are, you, AR... are you sure? Okay. I, 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 okay. I, just want to give, I just want to share my, like, what I understand. I feel VR is simulated environment. AR is interacting yeah. with a virtual environment, while mixed reality is real-time interaction. So no, AR is interacting with the real environment. The virtual, um, what do they call it? Virtual objects interacting with real environments. That's AR. So you have a virtual chair, for example. You place it in your real living room. Oh, I just, I just understand. Wow. So you have a phone and you place Iron Man on your physical table. That yeah. Is wow. Now imagine, imagine there is a lot of interaction be, with that Iron Man. Then it becomes re, uh, mixed reality. Mixed reality. Wow. That's actually amazing. But when it is just the superposition of that virtual um, object to real life, that is just augmented reality. But when it becomes more complex, when there is more interaction with it, then it becomes mixed. It becomes mixed reality. That should differentiate it. Wow. Well. So That's virtual reality is going to a virtual environment 100%. Mixed reality is having virtual um, objects in, in real life. And that sums it up, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's like an elaborate um, explanation. And I think people listening as well can like get the difference between the three of them. But there's one thing I want to ask. Okay, for instance, now I've listened to your explanation and I'm showing interest there. Well, I'm showing interest personally. But like, does it require me to learn coding? And like, how do you, what do you suggest for anyone that is looking now to start in this industry? Like, okay, am I supposed to go and learn a particular piece of technology? I know it's very important that you get the VR headset, which is quite cost expensive. So I want you to like show, like maybe we can just give like a way to navigate how you can start. Hmm. Uh, that's, that is an interesting question. So. Yeah, I would like people that are listening to note that as we move on by the day, the costs for VR equipment and I don't know, the cost for assessing AR and VR keeps going down. So looking into the future, definitely all, everybody will be able to afford an headset as simple as everybody is able to afford an Android phone now, definitely. But talking about now and how expensive it is, the things that you need to learn. So the field is very elaborate. And extended reality, being a, an extended reality specialist, building for virtual reality, augmented reality, and mixed reality, is very elaborate. It is not something to just jump into. But I can tell you the major engines that are used for development. And the two major engines are Unity and Unreal Engine. So Unreal Engine 4 or 5 and Unity 5. So though these engines are used for building virtual reality and augmented reality games, and the one I use mainly is Unity 5, you would find hundreds or hundreds, I won't say thousands of tutorials out there from beginners to, from beginning to being an expert on YouTube for free. Even Unity has a, support, a strong support and hub for 
new developers. As long as you put your mind to it and you start with the, any of the engine, either Unreal Engine or Unity 5, and you want to become a virtual reality developer or, or an augmented reality developer, you just have to have a system, not necessarily a VR headset, but I would say you should work towards getting one because it is necessary. But you do not really need one to start out, to start learning. The thing that I think you need mainly is, is a good system, a system that will be able to, I don't know, install Unreal Engine or install Unity and be able to function. Such systems are usually quite expensive, but I'm sure it is relatable compared to what and uh, the kinds of systems that are out there now. An average medium system should be able to run these engines. So get going online, searching, you do not you would not even pay for any certification for you to be able to scale up progressively. I'm not saying it is easy. I'm saying it is doable because many people have, have done it and I saw them do it, I followed them. And I would say I am doing it. I would not say I've done it. I am doing it currently. So um, yeah, that's that for that. So regards the field itself, there are many specialties within. You can just not want to go purely into augmented and virtual reality development. You might just want to go into 3D modeling, and that is fine. You might just want to go into animation making, and that is fine. And you can just want to go into, um, what do they call it? Different, there are different aspects. You can just want to go into creating environments, which is you are not modeling, you are not animating, you are just placing virtual environments in a virtual world. You are just placing virtual objects in a virtual world, creating scenes. So let me use GTA as an example. Um, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, imagine Grand Theft Auto was a virtual reality game. I, let me use that as an example. You have buildings in Grand Theft Auto. There are people that are in charge of modeling those buildings. There are also people that are specialized in arranging those buildings in the aesthetic manner you see, in the realistic manner. There are those that are in charge of that. There are those that they specialize in just making sure the physics of the environment works, which is making sure when you kick a ball, it moves. When you shoot a gun, it shoots. So all those things, there are people that are also involved in making sure characters are animated, making sure your hand moves like a human or your eyes blink like a human. Now, all those things are spectrums of specialty in the Excel development portfolio. So as an Excel specialist, those things are things that at the very minimum, I must have basic knowledge about so that I will be able to execute a full Excel solution. But not necessarily does a person have to combine so much knowledge. You can just go and specialize in one. So yeah, this is an easy way to go into the system, I think. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that, that actually answers my question. <laughs> so I want to ask you now, when you were coming up, what were some of the challenge, early challenges that you faced? Well, I think for me, the first thing was the gadgets like i said so yes i did not have a vr headset but the most important like i said was the system my system was it was barely a powerful enough to install unity barely powerful enough and also barely powerful enough to install autodesk maya 
which is my main 3D modeling uh, software tool. So it was slow, yet I still had to learn. So I think that was the biggest challenge I faced then, which was, wow, the gadgets. As long if your gadgets are not good, it would be very frustrating learning. But I guess not giving up has its benefits. I guess I'm here right now in BW. <laughs> so that was how you were able to face that challenge is you're not giving up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's nothing you you I could do as at that time. The the system was just frustratingly slow. And many people still face that till now. Even the current the system I use currently is powerful to some extent. But even it, it is showing its own weakness currently. And I have to upgrade as fast as possible. That is it. It is the, the this the development for extended reality, virtual reality, augmented reality. It is gadget intensive, system intensive, GPU intensive. So it requires an a, like I said, a medium powerful system at the very least. But you can start with something medium, like I said. I don't want to say small. <laughs> So when you're talking about medium powerful system, like what, what categories of system are we looking at for i5, quite 7 or quite 3 hmm. I think it is about um, the GPU power, but okay. I, an average for i5 system should be okay because the system that I was talking about that was frustratingly slow was just a dual core system and it oh. was okay. It was, I'm not saying okay, it was something then. And a Core i5 system would be barely okay for a person to work with or learn with, I think. So, but you should go for systems with very powerful GPU, gaming systems. Those systems were made for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think that's true as well. I think that's true as well. But do you want to share like one major experience like during like, your development career that like, if you look back to be like, wow, how was I able to scale through? <laughs> like one major challenge that you were able to co- overcome during those development fees? Hmm. Hmm. Let me see. I think for me, it was how to scale up in the time frame. So, I got into um, extended reality, the extended reality environments, I would say a bit late because I was already in my final year. So it's for me, if I was going to make something of this technology, and if I was going to make an impact through this technology, then I had to scale up as fast as possible before leaving school. So yes, I think that was a strain for me because I wanted to make sure I was a professional before leaving school. Because after leaving school, you have things like NYSE that would really disrupt your flow of things. So getting into the technology leads, that's in final year, and wanting to scale up was training. And I think overcoming that was what I said before, not giving up. And I, I pushed to the extent that Getting into PwC, I did not even, I don't know, I did not seek them out. They sought me out. The, just, and that happened within the fact that That's actually fantastic. Getting into the technology, <laughs> getting into the technology, learning, or learning and building simultaneously. So that is very key. That is key to, that is something that I think is 
one thing that really helped me, which was learning and building simultaneously. It is something that people should put in, have in mind. If you are learning, you should also be building. Because if you are going to spend a year learning, the world will not wait for you after that one year to start building your portfolio. That is adding more time to your professional timeline. So it is learning and building. That principle really helped me grow. Because as, as, as I was learning, I was applying those solutions in competitions, like I said. And I was also building out solutions and pushing that on LinkedIn. So I, that was what caught the attention of PwC Experience Center. And they were like, hey, come in and have your interview. Come in and do this. And here I am currently. Learning and building. I think that was actually powerful. Yeah. Okay. So, so I want to ask, like, what are some AR and VR applications that people can try out now? Because I know it's a new technology. And, like, because I know if I can show interest, you have to see it. So, like, what are some AR and VR applications that you suggest that people can try yeah. for now? Yeah. So, I, I, I would not recommend one specific one because that would be pulling down the others. I would just recommend where, where you should go to. When you get there, you would see countless of air, air and VR. So in fact, on Play Store, on Play Store, you okay. can get an AR game and um, space um, software. I think that is the that is the barest minimum software that anybody will be able to use on their um, cell phone. I think if you just search AR map, uh, AR space. Uh, AR space or AR planets on Play Store, you you see the uh, software installed on your phone. I hope your phone will be able to support AR um, Dep, technology. Dep, and, I will look for if I if we can support. Yeah. But um, I would suggest that if you really want to explore AR uh, VR games, if you really want to really explore that uh, environment, not in development, but the games and testing out uh, softwares. There are many stores out there that, for example, SteamVR and the Oculus um, store. Okay. So Facebook owns a VR um, store and you will be able to get a lot of VR games there. Although, obviously, for you to access VR games, you need VR headsets. <laughs> so, which is the problem? I, I would not call it a problem. Like I said, the gadgets are becoming cheaper, yeah. cheaper and cheaper. There are many players, there are many powerful players in the, in the what do they call it, in the technology space of, or in the XR technology space. And I think these pay, players are the ones that are driving innovation and they are driving, you know, when there are a lot of competitors, people would want to make gadgets cheaper yeah. in order to attract more customers. They would want to innovate to make their just faster, to make their technology better. And I think that is one thing that is driving the technology, that competition. You have people like Sony, Facebook, and Apple, like trying to be competing. You. Trying to be space. One. Yes. Yes. Competing in that space. When it comes to headsets, you have Sony PS VR headsets, Oculus um, standalone headsets, Valve Index, HTC Vive. Those kinds of headsets are the ones you should look into, especially the new Oculus standalone. I would not call it cheap, but it is relatively cheap compared to VR headsets out there. But like I said, let's look to the future to get cheaper headsets, and then we can explore as much games as possible as we want. Oh, wow. But currently, I don't think this stops anybody. 
excess will not stop anybody. They are simple VR games that run on mobile phones, and you can get um, Google Cardboard templates. Google Cardboard and headset templates is basically you using a simple cardboard. There's a strategic way you are going to play it, and it will look like an headset. You can put your mobile phone in wow. it, play a VR game, put that headset on your face. So you can access these technologies through mobile phones currently. It's not like you cannot. But the level of immersion that people expect, the level of immersion that people see on television, the level of immersion that people see in movies, for us to achieve that, we have a long way to go. Not a long way per se, but we have a way to go. <laughs> we are not there yet. So, so I think we it, get there and we are getting there. Well, well yeah, I, I want to say like, the, like it's, yeah, it's like a development technology. Like we're not there yet. We've not gotten to like mainstream VR, but we're building towards that future. Yeah, there are people, there are a lot of people doing a lot of work uh, around that. So you have people like, um, what do they call them? You have um, certain brands that are trying to make the VR experience more realistic. Okay. So for example, currently you put an headset on your face. That does not mean you feel anything. If rain is falling, does not mean you feel the rain falling. If something is happening, <laughs> does not mean you feel those physical effects. But there are companies that are now working actively towards making sure you feel as much as possible. So those um, things that they are working towards are things that are making this technology more immersive. There are things that are making this technology more accessible to us. And there are things that are making this technology into what we want them to. And I think that is it on that. Okay, um, I, I think that, that's quite interesting and very elaborate, very, very elaborate. I feel like a lot of people can pick up one or two things there. I'm definitely going to try some of these things that you talk about, especially those applications, AR space map. And I'm also going to try the Google um, VR. Um, on, on, on normal Google Maps now, Google uh, is already integrating AR to their maps. So I would say check your Google Maps. Okay. I'm definitely going to check yeah, out certain AR functions. Okay, I'm going to definitely check that out. So one thing I like asking people at the end of the show because we're already approaching towards the end of the show is that if you could go back to your younger days, let's assume like your undergraduate days, what would be that major advice that you give to your younger self? Hmm. I would. I would say. Um, Go into AR development, XR development. <laughs> is, it, is it because of you're not in this so space? But like, what would be the like, major life advice? Let me, just, let me just say technology advice to <laughs> make it very more specific. Okay. okay. Hmm. I, would say, I would say probably I would tell myself to be more open-minded. So I find myself currently in a space where open-mindedness is a powerful tool and keeps being a powerful tool for me. Like not judging others' opinion or not holding back on ideas, no matter how stupid they sound. Okay. Being that open-minded, it is something that I've learned now and I would have advised my younger self to be more into at that time. Hmm. Actually, like, does sense. that sound does that make any sense? It makes sense. It makes sense, and like I, I, I think it defines your personality because I know you, 
and like your type of personality is someone that you like embracing you like embracing a lot of cultures and you are not really very yeah. restrictive with people that you interact with if you are an hinduist if you are from buddha if you are like a buddhist like i see yeah. you, you interact with a lot of people all you are just concerned is the yes. idea and the value that they can offer so i think that, that kind exactly. of even define your personality Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that solidifies as much as possible. I do not want to, I, I, I don't want to differentiate people with their color or anything. I want, I, I think that is what this world should be more like. It does not matter what you do. It does not matter where you are from. It does not matter what you practice. When we come together, let us be one. So, and let us embrace each other's idea and not think it is stupid. You don't have to believe in it. I think I don't have to believe in all ideas, but I don't have to judge it either, as long as it does not hurt anybody. So, I think that is that on that. That's actually very good. Um, so, yeah. how can people connect with you and how can people reach out to you? Because I'm very sure that people will want to definitely know more about AI and VR. So, what's the best way to reach out to you and what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, I think the best way would be LinkedIn. So okay. you can you can say hi to me on LinkedIn. I'm sure my profile link would be sent with this episode. Yeah, I'm going to share. Definitely, <laughs> so you can say hi. You can say hi to me. I'm, I'm I'm ready to pick up a, a, an interesting discussion. That's actually fantastic. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I believe there were. No, I believe we're already at the end of the show. So I want to say thank you very much for making out at least 13 minutes out of your time. Yeah. I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you yeah. very much for having me. So is there anything you like? I, yeah. I, so I wanted to say I hope I was able to, I don't know, perform my duties as expected. <laughs> you were able provide to. Provide the required information. You were able to. You were able to. I really appreciate it. And I'm really open to future yeah. collaborations and partnership with you. So, there you have it. I do hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for the next one. Remember, the goal of the show is to empower you into tech and help you stay relevant in it. We're definitely going to continue the conversation on our Instagram page at The Innovate Show, so you can follow up there. Please do leave a review for the show and make sure to share to everyone. For more information on how you can participate on the show, send an email to innovateshow at gmail.com. Thanks once more for listening. I remember, education is the path to a sustainable life.